the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K, presented by Tap 14. Analysis and commentary to help you get your Broncos fixed during the offseason. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or listen on demand anytime in the Mile High Sports mobile app. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast. We're going to discuss the Denver Broncos and their run game and how this uh, running attack could rank in the AFC West. How big of an impact will it be? Of course, talking about the injury with Philip Lindsay. Is this guy even going to be ready for the season? And what kind of depth could those running backs give the Denver Broncos this year? As, of course, the Broncos Blitz podcast. Well, first, our friends presented by Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap. 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Chef Andrea Varela and that locally sourced, rotating seasonally fair is just tremendous. Go on over there to Tap 14. Check it out on the web. That's tap14.com. Tap 14. Dot com. So let's take a peek at the AFC West first and what the opponents did, at least the division rivals, uh, not, not including Denver, of course, uh, to start before we get into the Broncos. And I want to start with the L.A. Chargers because I think they are realistically the top rushing attack in the West. You talk about Melvin Gordon, a guy who has uh, become more of a um, prolific um if you will, all around back. Uh, This is a guy who averaged five plus yards a carry, uh, nearly 500 yards receiving, and of course, 14 total touchdowns last year. And if this guy stays healthy, which I'm going to assume that he does, we're going to assume that everybody is healthy for this discussion. This is a guy who can seriously make a offensive output difference when it comes to backfields. And and again, kind of that dual back type player who can really do it all can can give philip rivers the security blanket over there in la but also just run the rock to the tune of of five yards a pop and that sets up that you know short second down situation where opens up the playbook and philip rivers all of a sudden now has every weapon at his disposal from the deep ball to just simply getting that first down utilizing the tight ends and or of course uh the wide receivers so Certainly what the Chargers are posing is a a very good uh, balance from the running game if you are L.A. Uh, The Oakland Raiders are probably when it comes to um, backfields in uh, the AFC West, not including the Broncos, actually ranking second. And while many aren't going to recognize many of the names because they're young rookies, I really like the Josh Jacobs pick, uh, who was just tremendous in Alabama as a runner, a, a, a underrated blocker in my eyes, as well as a great receiver as well. Too many and Josh Jacobs actually is one of the better prospects in the entire draft of course selected in the first round in the mid-20s so uh, this is a guy who uh, he he did not see the heavy workload of course with the Crimson Tide as uh, you know how it is with the Alabama Crimson Tide there they've got you know left and right running backs all over stealing carries from uh, guys in the past like uh, Trent Richardson and Um, You know, certainly moving forward now with the latest in Josh Jacobs, that may actually add to the benefit for him because that could be, um, you know, the less that could be extra tread on Jacobs tires, if you will, for for lack of a better term, as we uh, compare it much to a car and a guy who could seriously make some um, impacts in the AFC West. Now, Josh Jacobs, this is a guy who certainly is a different kind of back than many of the 
Uh, he's not a guy who's going to exactly run you over, but certainly has the strength at 5'10", 220, but maybe a little bit different from the physical specimens that we've seen uh, from the, the Alabama Crimson Tide, at least. This is a Josh Jacobs who was very effective. Uh, and when I mean a very effective, I mean to the tune of six yards a pop in 2016. Uh, I should note 6.7. How about 6.2 in 2017 and then 5.3 in 2018? This is a back who only had 251 carries, period, in his college career. Again, a little rare for a Alabama Crimson Tide running back, which which could be a huge, huge benefit. So uh, a lot of tread left on the tires. This is a Josh Jacobs, who, again, checking in at about 5'10", 220, and uh, could potentially be a very good weapon for the Raiders. I mean, this, this is a guy who could be very, very effective for years to come. Lastly is the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, of course, they had the Kareem Hunt situation, which um, ha- has, uh, at least when it comes to with the Chiefs, uh, no more Kareem Hunt. He is out the door and uh, appears Damian Williams looks like he is going to be the guy to run the rock for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I think the Chiefs have this this little asterisk because it, it really doesn't matter who runs the ball for the Chiefs. That is probably going to be an effective player, whether it be uh, Damian Williams. I believe Carlos Hyde's still over there as well, too. Um, this Look, with Patrick Mahomes under center, that means less in the box that these running backs are going to face. And this could be very, uh, very much an opportunity for a guy like Damian Williams to potentially break out. And um, this is someone who in, in 2018 in, in mop up duty, if you will, he only ran the ball 50 times. So small sample size, but did average five yards carry. And of course the four touchdowns as well too. Uh, played with Miami in the past. This is a guy who has the opportunity to become a featured back as a unrestricted free agent has kind of landed in the, the right spot, uh, formerly of the, uh, I believe he went to the uh, University of Oklahoma, where a guy uh, as a Sooner, nearly 1,500 yards, almost 20 touchdowns. We've seen explosive play out of the running back from Oklahoma, who, uh, again, checking in 5'11", 220, a guy who can be a, a real asset to an offense, maybe just hasn't had the real opportunity. So we'll see what Eric Bieniemy does with Damian Williams. And again, could be explosive because of the fact that, look, when you play next to Patrick Mahomes, things get easier. You got to dedicate so much to the proven commodity, and that proven commodity is Patrick Mahomes. Make no mistake that it could give Damian Williams, maybe Carlos Hyde, an opportunity for the Chiefs to have a actually a run game that may not be as bad as you think going into 2019. So where does that leave the Denver Broncos running back? Now, if you look at where Denver is, obviously, with Phillip Lindsay, let's just, again, for the sake of this consideration, this is a Denver team that is fully healthy between Royce Freeman, Phillip Lindsay. We'll see how Rich Scangarello's new offense works, but I think you really got to point to the offensive line in, in really where this is and the improvements that they've made. Now, you could make an argument that there are question marks across the board yes but if you spin it a different way you can also say that there are positives now the first thing to note and i want to start from left to right from left tackle of course is garrett bulls this is another year of growth for garrett bulls and hopefully that is actual growth for the denver broncos this is a guy who's been plagued by uh slight injury issues in the past and of course the holding is garrett holds is the, the becoming nickname if you will 
Mike Munchak, this is going to have to be his finest hour with Garrett Bowles. Make no mistake, because Bowles has been underwhelming, to say the least. But Mike Munchak coming in as one of the most highly regarded, well-regarded offensive line coaches. I mean, look, this is a Denver team that almost hired Mike Munchak as the head coach. But yet they get him as the offensive line coach. He gets to come here in a comfortable position where he's close to family. And the hope is that he turns Garrett Bowles into a at least competent Okay, you'll take anything more. You'll take anything more from Garrett Bowles, but at least be competent at that left tackle position so he can protect the blind side of Joe Flacco and then, of course, open up some holes potentially for Philip Lindsay. Now, the guard situation may be a little bit different because uh, we haven't officially seen who's going to play left, who's going to play right. Ron Leary, of course, has played left guard in the past, whether it be from uh, his days in Dallas and then of course uh, effectively uh, when in Denver but you know Vance Joseph wanted to flip things around and that was a disaster obviously from the start uh, right guard I think is solidified with Dalton Reisner now many want to say that you know he's a rookie so you don't know what you're going to get and that's absolutely true that is absolutely true when it comes to a rookie they are suspects until proven otherwise but you have to like the work ethic that Dalton Reisner is putting up. In fact, uh, Derek Wolf had a comment, I believe it was a few weeks ago, who said, we actually have to kind of like tell this kid to chill out because he's, he's just, his just motor is running all the time at full speed. This is a kid who loves football. I've had multiple conversations with Dalton Reisner. He is a student of the game. He is so humbled uh, to have the opportunities, and a, and a kid like that is going to work hard, and I'm and I'm willing to push my chips into the middle to bet on that guy. If there was ever a guy I'm going to bet on, it's going to be that kind of attitude. Because you know who that has has that kind of attitude, a, a guy like Philip Lindsay, a guy who, who who really loves what he does and is so happy to have that opportunity and is willing to work to keep every single opportunity and work very, very hard. And so uh, I, I like Dalton Reisner at that right guard position. Certainly you pay a lot of money for a Juwan James. We'll see how it pans out at the right tackle position. Quite frankly, I don't know how it's worse than what they've been dealing with. That right side has just been dreadful for many years since Peyton Manning left. Uh, it's been a rotating turnstile, uh, just name a name, and that's a guy who's probably played that position for two or three games for the Broncos at some point in time. Now, obviously, the big concern, I think, is the loss of a leadership, but just overall play of the center position. You have now Connor McGovern sliding over from that right side now to the center uh, to play in, in, in favor of uh, Paradis, who, of course, went to Carolina on that three-year deal. It's 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 obviously not ideal, but it's certainly something that I think uh, if this is a your biggest loss of the offensive line, it's it's I think it can be accommodated when it comes to leadership wise because of the addition of Mike Munchak. Mike Munchak is kind of this X factor for of this entire offensive line from the leadership that he's going to be bringing to the experience and knowledge. You hope that he can take every position. Left tackle, left guard, right guard, right tackle, and then the center position and make them just a, a, a hair better an inch. An inch here, an inch there. An inch over here, an inch with leadership, an inch with pure skill play, an inch at the right side, an inch at center. And then all of a sudden, you, all those inches, they add up to a foot. And now you are drastically better, and you can see that on the offensive line. And look, I'm not going to lie. The, the, the 
quarterback improving as well, too, is going to make a big difference. And the fact that Joe Flacco can be a competent quarterback as opposed to what we saw in the past years between Trevor Simeon, uh, Case Keenum, and name and name, Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch, they were all awful. Okay, they were all awful, and that hurts the offensive line when a quarterback is holding on to the football for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten seconds. And you know, they don't. A lot of times, they don't even get that time because pass rushes are just too good. It makes the offensive line look worse than they are. And offensive lines can play better when the offense is attacking downfield and getting rid of the football out of the quarterback's hands. So, but I, I bring up all this offensive line discussion because it makes. Uh, 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 what is done in the trenches helps out that run game and Philip Lindsay. And I'm going to assume that he's going to come back healthy. I love the one, two punch of Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. I think this could be a serious asset to the Broncos when it comes to just, just overall dominating games, uh, picking up 1200 plus all purpose yards, finding the end zone 10 times in the injury shortened season. Of course, that be Lindsay uh, who just had a magical year as one of the undrafted rookies. And of course caught all the attention, uh, the pro bowl. And, but again, don't forget about Royce Freeman as well too. I think this is a player who could seriously become a, uh, a, a guy that the Broncos could lean on this year. Royce Freeman, of course, uh, is going to run you over, can shed tackles. You're not going to get in there with just those weak arm tackles. At 238, this is a guy who can really motor, average four yards a carry with the five touchdowns last year. And I think this one, two Tanta back could be a serious player. It's a almost like a upgraded version, if you will, back from the two, mid 2000s of like the, uh, what was it? It was the Mike, uh, Mike Anderson, Tatum Bell, the Orlandis Gary combos where they were running for uh, a thousand fifteen hundred yards uh, combo. And again, I think both those players are better than the two we just saw. And it just so happens we're going to see a system that is instituted that is not exactly much like that, but I think you're going to see a lot of that in the zone blocking and how this could really help out this Denver team when it comes to the run game as well as uh, opening up holes. And look. Uh, if they're averaging five, six yards a pop on the run game, I fully expect Rich Gangarello to continue to ride that. We saw multiple games last year where Vance Joseph just, um, I don't know if it was a inability to spot the idea that your run game was actually effective. I can't, I can't believe that's actually a problem. But again, that regime is dead and gone. Uh, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse. I want to move forward and say that I think Rich Gagarello is going to be a, uh, doing a great job. I, I think the pure talent when it comes to looking, stepping back again, AFC West, the pure talent of Melvin Gordon is just too much to say that the Broncos run attack is better than the Chargers. I think Melvin Gordon can be a, a 1,500 um, rushing yard back at five a carry plus a couple hundred yards receiving 14 to 17 total touch. I'm talking about top five back in the league. That's the kind of talent he has. And uh, I, I have to say, I, I was wrong on Melvin Gordon because I was a big doubter, a big critic on Melvin Gordon. And he has absolutely shined since he has become fully healthy. And uh, I'll admit it. I'm not afraid to admit it when I am wrong, although he only played 12 games last year. But this is a guy who really can step into the limelight and be very, very effective. And I think he's got top back quality kind of coming into his prime now at 26 years old, 6'1", 215. This is a guy who really can just do it all for that uh, Charger offense. And again, 
This is going to be a, a, a player that they're going to lean on because as Phillip Rivers ages, look, I'm not saying he's not taking a step back, but certainly it would be nice if you had an effective run game that could run the ball 280, 330 times, maybe even getting into the 350 range. Uh, that is certain, certainly something they could take advantage of because, again, Melvin Gordon, while has dealt with injuries in the past, that also means his workload has not been super, super high. So if he does end up being healthy, this is a guy you could see the carries uh, very much like 2016 where he had over 250, 2017 where he had 284. You could see that those carries in that range, maybe even that number starting with a three next year. So a lot to discuss. Of course, the running attack is going to be very, very important for the Denver Broncos. I think it ranks second in the AFC West. I I'm going to rank them second because they're just not there with the talent of Melvin Gordon. But also at that same time, I'm not going to just say that Josh Jacobs, this rookie is going to come in and, and be a star. And so uh, even if he was, I do like this tantrum from the Denver Broncos between Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay. I love how they're two different styles as well, too. And I tell you what, make no mistake, and I get he's a fullback. I think Janovich can be an effective player at the goal line in, in regards to punching those footballs in on on second and one on second and goal at the one, third and goal. Um, you know, those scenarios where you're at first, second, third and goal, and you stuff it in, and maybe you just ask, you know what, Jano, run that baby in and just lower that head. Use that corn fed beef. And I tell you what, uh, Janovich, I think, is gonna be a, a a player who can be effective this year. We'll see how it goes, certainly. But I, I like this Broncos um Backfield. I'm going to put Oakland at three and Kansas City at four, which uh, is probably where most people have their rankings. I think some people are a little bit higher on Josh Jacobs than I am. Certainly, I could see that. But look, I've seen the 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 sure thing in Philip Lindsay. I know what Philip Lindsay's given me. I don't know what Josh Jacobs has given me yet. So that is my little tiebreaker. So it's Broncos Blitz podcast, of course, presented by Tap 14. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter, where, of course, always at MileHighSports.com, where we are streaming live. Of course, we are always writing on the Denver Broncos. And look, uh, I'm going to give a little plug for my radio show because we're going to be broadcasting from training camp. So the radio show on from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. So that's 9 to 10. Eastern, and uh, we're going to be broadcasting from training camp. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of opportunities to talk to some different players and get into the trenches, if you will, and talk to the players and see how this team is reacting to Vic Fangio in that new system. Because again, boy, in the past, it was just, it was so sloppy. It was disorganized. And it just didn't seem like the players truly bought in. Well, so far... Again, we're not getting ahead of ourselves, but so far it feels like this team has really took a grasp on what they could be and potentially a a team that, look, if they all get going in the right way and they all shove the same way, this could be a far better team than the 6-10 and 10 they were last year. So it's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by Tap14. Follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter and of course at milehighsports.com where we have all kinds of great info on the Broncos for player discussions, profiles, debates. Check it out at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. We're all done for the podcast. I'll see you next time with the Broncos Woods Podcast from Mile High Sports. My name is Ronnie Court. See you next time.